0: This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that you're, you're already here, and you just want to love us. You just want to know how much, you want us to know how much you love us. And all the, all the craziness that happened in history just to get to us. <laughs> what a good dad. <laughs> what a good father. He did so much, like if you literally read from like Genesis all the way to Jesus's crucifixion and then then on, like it just blows my mind when I go back to the night that he saved me, like it just blows my mind of everything he has done just to, just to come and hold me, just to come and see me, just to bring peace to my heart. Just so I can not take my life because he created me with a purpose. what a good God. He really is good. Oh, say good. Nice. Yay. Three of us. Thank you, Jesus. And, and I, I think I want to start with 1 uh, with Peter. I know I read it last time in the message, and, but I just want to hit 1 Peter because uh, we will read it in so chats and it's so much fun. We always get a lot out of it. But this is 1 Peter in New King James. I love you. First Peter, the new King James. Well, first of all, can we give a hand to the worship team? Like they, I just love them, man. Just hearts sold out to Jesus. Come on. I just love them. All right. So we're going to go to first Peter chapter one. We're not going to go too far. We're going to go to verse 16. Because there's a word that we've been studying right now. And 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 I just want to introduce it in this way. And I want to introduce it from, from this man that actually walked with Jesus. And, and if you heard me speak last time, I was just so fascinated with Peter and, and his walk and where he was and how he got appointed to be like the first leader of the, of the new church after Jesus died, resurrected, came back to life, went to heaven. And then he got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it blew my mind to learn that in the same year that he rejected his best friend was the same year that he was like, okay, you're the leader now. And I don't know, that just moves my heart because that means that there's hope for everybody else (laughs) in this room. Are you guys with me? Man, that's beautiful. Like he literally rejected Jesus. He was like, I do not know this guy. And he bled with him. He starved with him. He ate with him. He laughed with him. He saw miracles with him. They cast the demons out together. they, They ate fish together. And then he's like, I do not know this man because he valued his life. And that same year, Jesus was like, I'm gonna redeem you. I'm going to redeem you. And and, and it's funny because we were talking about this in chats that, that every time we we feel like we do something, we go back to our old man. Say old man. Really, we go back to old habits. We go back to things that we, we, we feel comfortable using. And uh, Peter is a perfect example because the minute that he saw that his best friend died and he got buried, put in a tomb, he went back to doing what he knew how to do. And that was being a fisherman. And that was his business. That's what he did. He would go and fish. And and it's so beautiful because Jesus met him in the same spot, doing the exact same thing. And he said, he was actually on the shore as Peter was fishing through the night and caught nothing. And from a long distance away, a man yelled off the shore and he said, cast your nets to the other side. And the minute that Peter did that, a bunch of fish showed up in his net. And that's exactly how God encountered him the first time. And And it moves my heart because there's the portal that you can go through. There's this place that you can go through when you remember your first time encountering Jesus, but that's not the catch. You're not meant to just stay on the boat. (laughs) You're meant to jump into the shore and meet him, jump into the shore, jump into the water and meet him on the shore where he wants you to feast, where he wants you to eat with him, where he wants to redeem you, where he wants to remind you that you are holy. Are you guys with me? And it's beautiful because Peter, it said that he actually stripped down to his undergarments or he, other versions say that he stripped down naked. And when that comes to my mind, like if I was naked right now, I'd be so vulnerable with you guys. And that word vulnerable means subject to harm. So there's something that happens when you're willing to come face to face with God, no matter what your day looked like, no matter what you've done. And you're like, God, I'm, I'm willing to be honest with you right here, right now. This is exactly how I feel. And it's such a beautiful invitation to sit down. And, and what I love was Jesus wasn't like, you suck. Get back on the boat or be gone. Or he said what he said before, uh, uh, get behind me, say. <laughs> he said, sit down, let's eat. Let's spend time together. And by the way, I made breakfast. <gasps> what a, like, this, this, is, the, this is the part Can I just be a little crazy with you guys? Because what moves my heart is like, he's God of the universe. Like he literally like died, came back to life. And one of the first things he did was go back and met his best friends. He went back and ate breakfast with them. And so I think my question to you is, how many times does Jesus want to have breakfast with you, but you don't feel like you're holy enough or worthy enough to spend time with him? Or how many times you read your word and you're like, man, I just want to find something, but I did X, Y, and Z, God. And he's like, well, before we even talk about that, before we even address what you've done, how about we spend time together? Because I've been waiting for you. (laughs) Literally went through hell for you. (laughs) Like, you went to hell for me. And I think in Corinthians it talks about like, maybe a good person would do this, lay down their life for somebody good. Maybe, maybe. But Jesus, God did it when we were enemies against him. When we were like Peter, (laughs) when we knew nothing about him, God was like, okay, son, you're gonna go down there and you're gonna die for them. And Jesus didn't even bat an eye because he loves you. (laughs) Isn't that good? So knowing how we know about Peter, this is him writing this right here. Are you guys ready? Chapter 1, verse 1, New King James. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims. I love that word, pilgrim. I looked it up. Pilgrim is one who comes to reside by the side of natives. So I don't know about you, but there's times when like you get born again or you have this crazy encounter with God. We're getting ready to go to camp and it's, it's called In the Wild. If you don't know about it, we, we actually go out to like this mountain and uh, we play games the whole time. There's no cell phone reception. Really, there's no, there's no interruption from the world where we're able to go out there and just have so much fun. And then at night, we get, to, we get with the worship team and we have amazing worship under the stars and, and then God never fails. He always comes. He always shows up. And kids that I was like, You're, you, God is touching you? Like, let's do this. Like, let's go. Like, it's so beautiful. Like, God is moving, touches them, crying. Uh, just a quick testimony, my little brother, Stephen. Oh, man. Like, I was not a good person when I was a hurt person. Say hurt. Hurt people, hurt people, right? That's what happens. So if anybody ever hurt you, if you ever hurt somebody, it's probably because they have a lot of pain inside of them. And then there's a beautiful opportunity tonight to forgive them, but also be redeemed by God. Are you guys okay? All right. So what ended up happening was I, I, I was pretty rough with my little brother. And it was because I was angry because my heart was broken. So I would take it out on him. And then it turned into this vicious cycle where because I was hurting him, he hurt me back. And we would just keep going back at it, back at it. And once I was born again, But that was one of my biggest regrets. Say regret. Say regret. Yeah, I know. Come on. You're going to be vulnerable. We're going to strip down. We're going to say some words. But that word regret actually stops you from enjoying God now. And so the reason it comes up isn't because God's like, look at your sin that you did. No, it's saying that actually doesn't belong there. Would you allow me to grab it? Would you allow me to touch it? Would you allow me to heal you from that? Can I get an amen? Okay. So what ended up happening is this regret will come, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I'm like, I know what to do. I'm going to shove it deep down inside, and nobody's ever going to see it. We're never going to speak about it. But then I would come and see my brother. And so instead of coming to him with with healing, I just wanted to love him. I would buy him like, I was deployed. So I had a little bit of money. So like I'll buy him like IMAX and like all this stuff. I try to buy his love back in. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it made me feel good for a little bit. But then at night when I was trying to go to sleep, I would be so tormented. And it wasn't until I came to this camp where we had this encounter with Jesus and I first had to be like, God, that wasn't me. That was an old creation. That was an old man. That was the old Rafa who was hurt, but you redeemed me. You said you gave me a brand new heart. You said that I am love now because I spent time with love. And so I was actually able to give him all the pain that I had. I was able to give him that Rafa that hurt him. And I was like, here you go, God, you take it. What do you want to give me in return? And God was like, I give you peace. And so when that thought would come about me hurting him, it was like, whoa, that was dealt with, God. And just like that, just walked away. And what happened with Peter, when he got on the shore, Jesus was like, hey, do you love me? And he was like, I love you. He's like, then feed my sheep one time. He said, second time, do you love me? He was like, I do, Lord. Okay, feed my sheep. The third time he was like, Peter, do you love me? And he was like, Lord, I love you. And he starts crying and Jesus was like, then feed my sheep. And it was so beautiful because the, the, how many times did Peter rege- deny Jesus? Three times. How many times did Jesus redeem him? Three times. And, and, and it was breakthrough because he was crying. And that's another, we'll get, we'll get to the tear part another time. Anyways, I cry a lot. It's beautiful. Okay, so. So what ended up happening was like, there was this redeeming that happened when I was able to give this pain and regret about myself to God. He came in, and he was like, I'm gonna give you peace. So I can't imagine Peter, when he was able to go to bed that night, thinking, oh, he still loves me. He wants me to, to feed his sheep. I no longer have to toss and turn with, did I just betray my best friend or not? Are you guys with me? I'm telling you, there's this peace that comes only from God. Cause he knows you inside and out. Why? Because he loves you. Say he loves me. Yes. Good job. That was more than two people. I love you. And so we're on this campsite and, and I, I do that with God and I kid you not. <laughs> he gives me peace. I slept so good that night. It was beautiful. It was a tent. I had a blow up mattress. I didn't sleep good the first night, but the second night I slept really good. And we're sleeping out there. And the third night, we're, uh, the second night we're having this big worship night. Guess who comes up to me? My brother. He comes up to me, he's a little stinky because there was no showers there and we were sweating all day, we were having fun. He comes to me and he hugs me and he's crying and he's like, Rafa, Rafa, you hurt me. You hurt me so bad and I hated you and I hated myself. But right now I gave it all to God. Right now I let you go, I forgive you. And the beautiful thing was, it had nothing to do with me. I wasn't like, oh, hey, 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 let me tell you, I forgave you, I forgave myself. It had nothing to do with me. It was an opportunity for me to be able to come and hold him and just love him unconditional. Okay. There's something beautiful that happens when you allow God's love to come in. Regardless of your regret, regardless of your past, and you start to feel kind of like a pilgrim <laughs> because you start fighting back and forth of I should feel this way because my history says so. But God's like, no, you're a pilgrim. You're to live side by it, but that's not you. It's actually gone. It's actually dead. So then when you come into a place and, and then somebody that's hurt you shows up, they actually have no power over you because you're a pilgrim. Okay. Was, was that bad? Like what I, did, okay. So to the pilgrim, say, I'm a pilgrim. Yay. And then they say all the different nations. I'm bad with that. So I'm going to pray in tongues, okay? Of the depression of Rombarambaranda. Okay, verse two, here we go. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Say foreknowledge. That means God knew in advance the father and sanctification of the spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Say, I am redeemed because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, even if you don't understand it, say it again. I am redeemed because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Say peace be multiplied. But the peace happens because there was a sacrifice for you and his name was Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy, say his mercy is abundant. His mercy is not just one day. His mercy is abundant. Has begotten us again. Say he got got me again. Yay. Yeah, his love got me again. His peace got me again. Regret no longer gets me again, but your love gets me again. Is anybody else excited? It is so good. I love this. To a living hope. That means that God isn't dead. He's living through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance, uncorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You are a pilgrim because you... (laughs) existing have oh my god never mind okay we'll keep going verse 5 who are kept by the power of god say i'm kept not by my own power I'm not kept by my own power. Say that again. I know we think it feels good to be kept by our own power because we feel like when we're in control, it's good. But i tell you what, and so Chaz, we were talking about the beauty of having a master. There's a beauty about having somebody that has all the responsibility over you. And it means that you don't carry the weight anymore. So that means that when you show up places, you don't have to worry about your insecurities. You don't have to worry about your regret. You don't have to worry about what you did. You're like, God, my master, what do you want to do? Okay. There's. There's, there's so much power and freedom, not just during church service. It's when you go back to work, when you're with your spouse, when you're with your kids, your doggy, when you're eating some good food. Don't get me started on that. All right, here we go. Verse five, who are kept by the power of God. Say it with me. I am kept by the power of God. Come on, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. Say, I'm gonna rejoice. What does your rejoice look like? yeah okay nice nice it's your own rejoice you figure it out all right here we go in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while if if need be you have been grieved by various trials everybody got quiet there here we go how many of you guys had trials today How many of you guys are still alive today? That means the trials can't beat you. Okay, we'll get there later. Verse seven, that the genuice of your faith being much more precious than gold. Faith, and I love that word faith. Faith is when you go directly to God, you go directly to the source and you get a word from him and something happens because your heart is ready and open because you're vulnerable to receive whatever the word is that God has, but you're brave enough to actually act on it. That the genuice of your faith being much more precious than gold. Mm. being much more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I love that because that just means that everything you do leads back to God. There's there's so many verses went through my heart, but we'll keep going. Verse eight, whom having not seen you love, Though now you do not see him, but we're trying, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, unexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Say, my soul is saved. saved. And you know what the crazy part is? If your soul is saved, why are you still here on earth? Why didn't he just kidnap you and take you to heaven? That's that's just a question for you guys, okay? Verse 10, of this salvation. Can I get a hallelujah so we can? Come on now, verse 10. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. That means there were teachers, there were mouthpieces of God that were looking for what you have right here, right now, in the moment. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I read so many books because I'm trying to learn how to do real estate well because they all research how to. Okay. All right. Well, sorry, I'm going off track. Verse 11 Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicated when he testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow to them. It was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering to things, which now you have reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. You imagine that? This love that God just wants to put over you, this love that that God has for you, this this belonging, we're gonna get through this belonging and knowing that he's very well pleased in you. Angels and prophets and people in this history were longing to see what that would look like, what that would felt like. How about we tell them right here, right now, what that looks like and what that feels like. When we worship, it's a chance for us to be like, Thank you, God, that now I have peace. That things that I can't control have happened, but who cares, I still have peace. People in the history books were trying to get, oh my God, I just, it just makes my brain want to explode. (laughs) Of like, why would he do that for me? Why would he do that for me? Do you guys not have, uh, like, am I the only one that thinks that question? (laughs) Of like, why would he do that for me? And then he's like, because I love you. And I'm like, oh, that's so simple, God. Why is it called the simple gospel? Why not the overcomplicated? I need 10 years of school gospel. All right, verse 13. Therefore, say therefore means because. Nice, good job. Three people. Therefore, grid up the loins of your mind. That's really cool because the representation right there, they're actually talking about the same, when people used to have robes all the time. I don't have robes right now. I have. Capris or something—I don't their jeans. I, I made them look fancy because that's what's in fashion. But if I had a robe right now, what I would do is I would grab it, I would put it up, and I would tie it around so I can so I can move better. Okay, hold on, don't. My coach is right there. I, you know, we are playing basketball, and I move a little better when. I'm not wearing a robe. But there's something that happens right there when you're able to talk to God and God's like, hey, that right there that you have, we're actually gonna pick it up and we're gonna take it off. So you can move a little bit better. So you can move a little bit more freer. So you can be a little bit faster. So you can actually enjoy the life that we have right now. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that word revelation right there in Greek means appearance, an arrival. So that that revelation is when you're able to come face to face with God, there's something that happens inside of your mind, inside of your heart that you just can't explain, but it helps you move a little bit freer or a lot of freer. (laughs) And it's from Jesus Christ. It's not from you and your power. It's from Jesus. It's you and your partnership with Jesus. It's you and your acknowledgement with Jesus. It's you going, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to turn towards you, Jesus. Are you guys with me? To me, it just makes me feel so free because I always thought I was free when I was in control of myself, when I was in power, when I was doing exactly what I wanted to do. I thought I was so free and it led to death. It led to me hurting people. It led to me hurting my brother, but something happened when I came, when I came under this holy God named Jesus, I was able to actually get freed and love him better, love him in a way that I could never know how to love him by my own strength. Are you guys with me? Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Verse 14, as obedient children, not confirming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you holy, you also be holy. And I know that can sound pretty rough. My heart, when I read that, I literally think, don't be the same Rafa that used to hurt people. That's not who you were anymore. Now you're a child. Now you're changing yourselves from the things that you thought would actually benefit you to the one that has called me Holy. Are you guys okay? Verse 15, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And we can get stuck right there with the whole conduct thing, but really conduct is like, why are you, Nate spoke about this last week, where it's like, there's certain fruits that we have, like patience, kindness, all that fun stuff. If you're not acting in those, it's just an indication of who is filling you there. If that is the fruit, like why are you not responding or moving in those ways? It's just an indicator. It doesn't mean that God is like, oh, you did that wrong. Okay, I'm I'm gone forever. Are you guys with me? It's just a great indicator of it. So we hear words like conduct and it's like, God, how should I be responding right now? And God's like, oh, I just want you to be free. And I want you to be yourself. And I want you to use your very loud Hispanic voice because I put that inside of you from the day you were born. And I'm like, yes, Lord, I'm gonna conduct myself like a fool. I'm gonna do it. And it's because he is holy. <laughs> so I was looking up some words holy in the Greek and the Hebrew. Say Greek and Hebrew. Yay. So that word Greek, holy, actually means, we say it a lot, set apart. I love this set apart for God. You're set apart for God. Yes. You're not this random thing that just got like picked up and put right here. It's like, no, you got set apart for God. Where do you get set apart from? This is how my mind goes. I'm like, where am I then, God? If I'm a pilgrim, where am I? Where is my nation? Where do I reside? And he said, like, you reside in my arms. You reside in my heart. You reside in this, in this Ark of salvation that no matter if the world is flooding, if there's chaos, I have you and you're, you're at peace with me. That's where you're set apart. The other part of it is exclusively his. Oh my God, I'm gonna let that one just sit. Cause I read that and, and I don't know, I, I thought about like, if I had a garage <laughs> and I had one of the cars that I like, I don't know, like an Alfa Romero or a, oh yeah. a fancy car like that, you know, it's exclusively mine. Uh-huh. It's exclusively, I ain't gonna give you the keys to that. Yeah. I don't know how you're gonna drive it. <laughs> the Lord knows how you're gonna drive it. Like it's mine, it's exclusively mine. And I think about like, oh man, I'm exclusively God. Man, so when I read the scripture and I find anything remotely that is good, I'm like, that is exclusively for me. That's exclusively for God and I am in him and he is in me, so. You're exclusively his, say I'm exclusively his. his. (laughs) I love it because that means the world shouldn't be able to move you. Easier said than done, amen? But if we, I don't know about you, but if I had meditated on this every single day of like, I am holy, I am exclusively his. Why did I even let that bother me? Was it even that big of a deal that it bothered me? God, have I even had a conversation with you about it? Mm-hmm. Or has, have I been having a conversation with myself inside of my own mind? But if I'm exclusively his, that means that he is always available. The Hebrew word for it, I love it, is of God. Say of God. Okay. I love this other word, sacredness. Yeah, so holy. Ooh, so Sacredness. And I didn't know what that meant. I'm done pretending I know words just because I hear them. So sacredness means the opposite of a curse. Opposite of a curse. And what is a curse? Punishment, harm, an expression of anger, annoyance. So these places where God's like, hey, like you're holy because I'm holy. You're the opposite of a curse. You're the opposite of a curse. I know I do not want to punish you. I do not want to harm you. You do not annoy me. I am not angry at you. And it's so hard because since whoever your father was, whether he was there or not, probably didn't walk that out the right way. He was probably annoyed sometimes. Maybe he punished you sometimes. Maybe he (laughs) harmed you sometimes. I know we're getting really touchy, but there's a God. That's the difference. There's a God that said you are exclusively mine. So all your past traumas, I can deal with that. I can handle with that. I can restore that. I can give you answers for that. I can give you peace. That surpasses all understanding I can make all things work together for your good, even if you don't think that the result is good. I'm exclusively his. And in Matthew 3, 17, or starts at 16, let me just turn there right now. Are you guys okay? If you're bored, you would tell me, right? right? Baby, you would tell me? All right, good stuff. Here we go, Matthew 3, 16. So we're talking about Jesus, Remember Jesus, Peter's friend, the one that said we're exclusively his, the one that died so we can be exclusively his, the one that wants to serve us breakfast in the morning, no matter what we've done or how many times we've ignored him or thought we ignored him. That Jesus, y'all with me? So he was a man first and a God, which blows my mind. And I don't even know how that works, but I don't care because I'm exclusively his. So that means that if I have my little Alfa Romero, I mean, I get a jump in that car And I get to press all these buttons and figure out what each one does. And if it takes a lifetime, isn't that great? Man, if it takes forever to be like, whoa, seat warmers. Whoa, steering wheel. Whoa, jetpack I don't know. You know, like who knows? Oh, a sunroof, you know, but like all these new discoveries that we can find with Jesus. But most of the time, I don't know about you, but I'm like, oh man, that didn't make any sense. And I just throw it away and I never look at it again. And it stays in the garage and I never take it for a spin. And so there's something that happens right here in these moments where we're uncomfortable or these moments where Jesus wants to meet us face to face where he's like, I just want to reveal something brand new about myself for you. I want to appear to you. I want to give you revelation to you. I want to be intimate with you. I want, to, I want you to meditate with me. I want to comfort you because that's what repentance means. I want to comfort you because you are exclusively mine. And so that Jesus in Matthew three sixteen, says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately. Say immediately. immediately. It's so funny. It said immediately. When I got baptized, I was underwater for like two minutes. You know, everybody was like, I was at camp the second time I got baptized. And they were all like, yeah. And then, you know, a minute later, they're like, oh my gosh, why are they holding him down there so long? He just prayed for me yesterday. I'm just playing. Uh, but I love that immediately word. God doesn't drag his feet when it comes to you. He is immediately accessible to you. The minute that you're like, Jesus, I receive you in my heart. Holy Spirit, come on, baptize me right now. Jesus, this, he immediately is there with a response. You might not like the response. So it doesn't make sense to you, but you haven't meditated. You haven't revolved that thought or, or his idea long enough for it to actually come to fruition. Are you guys with me? Yep. But it says that he immediately, come on, how many of you guys stood up during that song and immediately you felt different? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately. I mean, look, look if, if, if I say you are so good looking, you're so good looking. How many of them, how many of you guys immediately felt, oh yeah, I am good looking. <laughs> yeah. Or feel a little, oh mm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Or how many of you guys immediately smiled? Everybody that was listening smiled. Everybody else, I know where you are. I'm just playing. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. This is the part that I love. This is the part that I want you to really, really, really focus on. 17, and suddenly or immediately, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I want you guys to catch that. We use, this, we use that verse a lot, but, the, but, but I wanted to break it down because again, I'm tired of pretending I know things because I hear him so much. That word beloved means that you are worthy of love. That you are a son. I'll say daughter. If you're a son or daughter, you are worthy of love. You are worthy of love. You are beloved. You are beloved. You're worthy of love. You're a pilgrim. That means that, Who cares what the world has done to you or what has come against you? You are worthy of love. Are you hearing me? You are worthy of love. So close your eyes. Close your eyes. Put your hands out real quick. You're just going to say, God, show me what I am worthy of. Show me what this love looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like, all that fun stuff, whatever you want to say. Because it says that you are worthy of love because he lives inside of you. There's nothing you have to do to work for it. So beloved son is worthy of love. And in that word, please, I love it in the Greek. God thinks that it's good. It means to think it good, approve Choose, determine, decide that it is good. That's what that word please means. That you are worthy of love and that God thinks you're good. And God is determined to know that you are worthy of love and that he thinks you're good. That God is determined to know that he has put his approval on you, not because of your work, but because he what? He loves you. Because you are the opposite of a curse. Because you are exclusively his. Because you are holy. Okay. I had this really long... (sighs) I don't want to make it about me, but I'm just going to share this with you guys. I had studied the snot out of Exodus and I only made it past like chapter three. And I was like breaking this thing. apart. Oh, it was beautiful. There were words like, there were verb words like heard and remember and looked and acknowledged. And then God gave me everything else I just shared with you yeah, <laughs> because he loves you. Yes. Oh, okay. So I want to give you the verses, but it's 8.58, and I want you guys to have an, an opportunity to encounter God. Is that okay? Yes, yes. Okay. So in Exodus, just very quickly, there's, there's certain words that he used. I'll give you this, this one point that I had there. And it's okay. Mangie went to the bathroom, but we're going to be all right. We're going to be good. All right. So in Exodus, I did mean to put a whole business out there. My bad, my bad. My bad. All right, here we go. Benji, forgive me. The Lord said I'm holy, so good luck. All right, here we go. All right, so this is the part that I want to hit. Uh, Exodus chapter 2, and it's going to be, oh, right here. Yes, chapter 23, verse 23. I'm just going to read it over you. Is that okay? It says, now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God, this is the part that I want you to catch. I'll give you the, the backstory of everything another time. Okay, come again Wednesday night. So verse 24 says, so God heard, say heard, heard. they're groaning and God remembered, say remembered, remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. Verse 25, and God looked, say looked, Lord. upon the children of Israel and then God acknowledged them it's really beautiful. Those four words are actually verbs. Verbs is what you do. That's what Nickelodeon taught me when I was little. <laughs> Verb is what you do. So there's something beautiful that happens when you're in God and God is in you. God hears you. He hears you. That, that, Greek, that, that Hebrew word right there, heard, means to understand, to be in the same language. Doesn't it feel good when somebody's like, this is what I'm trying to say. Do you understand? And they're like, oh yeah. It's like, oh man, I'm not crazy. Oh man, we relate. We connect. We're in connection. You misunderstood me. Let's spend time together talking until we can understand each other. God automatically understands you because he hears you. The other verb is remember. That means to bring to mind, to bring directly in front of God. God is always having you directly in front of him. He only sees you. He only sees you. And I I wanted to talk about Moses and everything, but we'll get there. Uh, The other word is looked. That verb looked is to look at face to face. And the other word, the last word, acknowledge, that verb and the King James actually says respect, but it's actually the word yada. And it means to know, to reveal oneself. And it's beautiful. It's the same word that they use for Adam when he was with his wife and they bore a child. Adam knew his wife. He revealed himself. And there's something beautiful that happens when, when, when these people that are in bondage. So, so I, think, I think this is where I'm at right now, Holy Spirit. Just help me communicate this right. Help me, hear me, Lord, hear me. I, I, just, I just wanna pray for everybody in here that feels like they're not holy. They feel like they're in a, in a curse. They feel like they're under oppression. They feel like they're under, uh, under punishment. They feel like everything in their life is going wrong. Or maybe they don't even know you, Jesus. I want to pray for you to know that you are exclusively his, that he actually hears you, that he remembers you, that he looks at you, that he respects you, that he acknowledges you, regardless of your oppression, regardless of your bondage, regardless of whoever is telling you otherwise. So we're going to do it two ways, okay? going to close your eyes, and I'm going to do a corporate one. If you feel in your heart like I'm going to be brave, come up here. We'll do individual. We'll get a chance to pray for you. We'll have Pastor Kevin and Pastor Kathy and myself, and we're going to pray for you, okay? One thing, though, one thing. This this is just my heart for you. As you do this, do it from a place of I'm exclusively His and He loves me so he wants to redeem me. He wants to love me. Whatever the word it is, just know that his motive is because he loves you and you're exclusively his. Is that okay? That is the heart posture that I want you to have. You don't have to. It's always a choice. That's the thing with God. It's always a choice. You don't have to come up. You don't have to close your eyes. God, God the powerful, most powerful thing you have is a choice. Okay? When it comes to God, God is like, hey, I, don't, I, I want you to choose me. I don't want to force myself. Okay. So right here in this place, choose to know that you are exclusively his and that he loves you regardless of your situation. Is that okay? All right. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I think that right now you are moving. You're moving and you're, yeah, that's it. You're just moving in their lives. You're moving in everybody's life here that you did the ultimate sacrifice so you can can love on them right now in the way that they need to be loved by a father that knows them inside and out. By a father that says that you are exclusively his because he made you and because all that matters is that he wants to reconnect with you. He wants to reconnect with you even deeper right now. That even though you feel the weight of the world right now, God wants to push that offside. Whether you feel the weight of the family, the weight of your career, the weight of yourself and your insecurities, the weight of your marriage, the weight of your kids, the weight of anxiety and depression and suicide and death. God wants to remove that completely because you are exclusively his. So Holy Spirit, we just release that right now. In the name of Jesus, we just release that right now. And there is no striving right now. It's just your word. It's just your word. It's just your goodness. It's just your doing. It's just your love. Thank you, God, that you, you show us, Holy Spirit, how to receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just love you. We just love you because you first loved us. So we just thank you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, right before I say amen, if anything bothered you, come have a conversation with me. Okay? I'm just going to love you. I'm going to listen to you. Okay? But if you need prayer, come on up. I'd love to pray for you. So with Pastor Kathy and Pastor Kevin, so we love you. We thank you for this night. We thank you for our week. Thank you for saying that we are exclusively yours, that we're holy. (laughs) In Jesus' name, everybody said, hey, I love you guys.